Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Emma Show. I am your host, Emma Gunn-Wardner. And joining me in this episode, it's Clemmy Hooper. And if you've ever been near social media, and I know a lot of you have, you'll know that that is our beloved mother of daughters. Clemmy joined me on this episode to talk about the launch of her new book. It's a brilliant journal that accompanies her best-selling book, um, How to Grow a Baby and Push It Out. And this journal, I have to say, as somebody who is a slight stationary nerd, I can't walk past a stationer's without buying something, be it a pen, pencil, pencil case, notebook, you know how it is. This journal is so deliciously write-inable that it made me want to start filling it out. But not only has it been beautifully designed, are there lots of places for you to write the things that you might want, or perhaps someone that you know, but there's the most incredible nuggets of information, not even nuggets, there's some really wonderful insight from Clemmy, who, as well as being on social media, is, oh, she's a working midwife. This is how all of this began. On her second maternity leave, um, Clemmy began a blog called Gas and Air, and a post from there went viral, and the rest, as they say, is history. But I thought it was very interesting how um, Clemmy sat down and wrote down her thoughts, feelings, etc., on her blog and has now created this really beautiful, I mean, the journal's just stunning, this really beautiful resource for women who are pregnant and would like to write down their thoughts and feelings about everything that they might be going through. It's just been so beautifully executed, I cannot tell you. You really do have to go and pick up this book and look inside, it's just absolutely lovely. Clemmy um, is famous on Instagram, uh, on social media and wherever you may find her for having this really brilliant approach to motherhood, to parenting. And uh, I think the thing I loved about it so much is the fact that um, there's no right or wrong, there's no judgment. It's just whoever you are, wherever you're from, whatever your means, it can be really hard. There can be beautiful moments immediately followed by moments that aren't so much fun. And I just think the, oh, you know what I'm trying to say. And if you follow her, you know exactly where I'm coming from. So in this episode, we talk about how she created this beautiful, beautiful journal. We talk about how she wrote the original book. We talk about that blog and much, much more. I do hope that you enjoy this episode. Don't forget, if you want to follow me on social media, I am at Emma Guns on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to join in the fun on Facebook, there is a closed Facebook group, the link to which is in the show notes. I approve every single member, it is closed, so you may have to wait a teensy amount of time uh, before you get approved, but there's lots of discussion going on there, lots about 26 habits, but also just general life stuff that people are posting, also some beauty questions, so please do follow that link and join because we're having all the fun over there. Now, let's not wait any longer. I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode with the fabulous Clemmy Hooper. Hooper, hi. Hi, Emma. How are you? Yeah, really well. Isn't it a nice spring day? It's a nice spring day. You're wearing hot pink. I'm wearing hot pink. I'm wearing Breton. And I've got a bare ankle. Oh, you do? And it's quite brown. Have you turned? No, I never fake tan. That's an impressive skin tone. I've got a, um, a trainer sock on, but the fear happens every time when it, like, pops off in your shoe and you're walking, right? My socks, <laughs> generally... If I'm wearing boots, trainers, anything, turn 180 degrees every single time, I think it's a curse. That's the same sensation for me as when your eyelash turns the wrong way. Have you ever had that? 
Have you ever and had like one scratches eyelid? Your well, just like the way it's bent the wrong way, like a limb. <laughs> <laughs> Super anxious. I think I might use a wee bit too much mascara. Oh. For my for my lashes to misbehave do they, in such are they a just like deviant fashion, <laughs> they do. I I just pile them up, and because I I like a tight line, I wriggle that brush into Ooh. the. You can tell you're in the beauty world. You can. I, I'm very excited to be sitting and talking to you. This is so exciting. Not only thank you, thank you. Not only do we have many mutual friends, this feels good, right, and proper. Yes. But you are bringing out. Uh, a compa- is it a companion? Should we call it a companion? To- it's a companion, but sometimes I feel like you might need both. I think one needs or both. Or just one. Mm. So, companion to How to Grow a Baby and Push It Out. Mm-hmm. Your debut novel. <laughs> is it a novel? <laughs> I don't know it's not, is it? It's a debut book. I think it's just a book. I know, I got carried away. Um, <laughs> and the How to Grow a Baby journal is so lovely. Oh, thank you. And I was just saying before we hit record, listeners, yeah. it, it, for the first time in my life, it's made me want to get pregnant because I feel like wow. I want to fill this out. I had a lot of um, comments like that when I um, showcased it on my Instagram. People were like, I need to have another baby for this. I don't want to be solely responsible for any unplanned The baby boom. Yeah. (laughs) The baby boom. Courtesy of me. Um, Great. Or just give it to a friend. You don't have to get pregnant. No. No, of course. No, we're not urging anyone to do anything they don't want to do, obviously. Now, so tell me how and why it seemed a natural step in your incroyable career to create this journal. Well, I just had so much more free time at home. I just thought, you know, I'm obviously joking. Well, four kids, they don't take yeah. much effort, do they? Not at all. They raise themselves, yeah. to be honest. Um, I had a friend who was pregnant and she already had my book and she didn't want a baby shower. Oh. And yeah, she was like, oh no. So we just were going for a lunch and I'm really superstitious. I don't like giving friends when they're pregnant anything for their baby because I just think... I'd rather do that when the baby's born. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to give her like a little goodie bag of lovely things, mm. a candle and a nice like moisturiser. Yeah. And um, I love stationery. Like I've got so many books yeah. and journals. I just noticed where your pen's from. Oh yeah, Kiki K. Oh my God, obsessed with that shop. There's one at St Pancras where I spend my life. Cause that's not... As you said that, I actually in my head, I still, I swear, honestly, I was paying attention, but I was thinking... Go stationery shopping after this. I can't wait. <laughs> um, it's where I get my train from to go home. So I'm always like, oh, I might just pop in. Anyway, love stationery, love all that. And um, I thought I'd love to give her just like a notebook and a pen. Mm. Because when I had my babies, I used to write loads of stuff down in case I'd forget. So even just like the feeding, especially with the twins, because I was just like, which side have I fed them on? In the middle of the night, you're mm. so sleep deprived, you can't even remember if you fed your baby. Especially with twins, I was like, which one have I fed? Oh, God. <laughs> but I also just think it's a nice place to jot things down. Yeah. And then I started thinking about pregnancy in journals, mm. and I had a look, like anything, I always have a look online and see what there is. And there wasn't really anything that I liked mm. or would buy for a friend Quite a few things were outdated, um, lots of American um, journals, but there was more journals about after your baby's born, so documenting your baby's development, but there was nothing for pregnancy. So I thought, maybe I should write one. <laughs> I like the fact that I was looking through it thinking it really is um, almost like a gratitude journal. I'm don't if I'm putting words no I like this it feels like heard a, that. a pregnancy gratitude yeah. journal, like appreciating how you feel in that moment. It's exactly what I wanted to create. Excellent. Well, congratulations. <laughs> Thanks, Emma. Um, I wanted to create something beautiful. Um, on the side of my bed, I always have a notebook, and it has to be a nice-looking notebook. Of course. Yeah. I'm not going to have some, like, cheap office ring binder one. No, it's no. got to no. be nice. And I think when you have nice things, you appreciate things, so you make your handwriting ni- nicer. Yes. And I also, I'm very conscious of how little we write. Yes, because I would, one of my As questions... physically, yes, right. And actually, well, there's all this stuff about how, you know, if you write something, yeah. it actually um, lodges it in your brain. Rather than when you're typing. Yeah, yeah, or when you're clicking something in into your phone. Because I thought, hmm, you being you, massive Instagram following social media star, I'm sure somebody would have said, hey, Clemmy, why don't you make an app? Whereas this is so much more appropriate, mm. especially for what yeah. you do. Absolutely. Um, 
when I went on maternity leave, I was with the twins, I came back to work and the year I'd been off, they changed their whole IT system. So instead of writing in women's notes, we now, it's like an app, but we now use iPads. Mm. So everything is digital, which is the world we're living in, let's face it. I'm very conscious though that I hardly ever pick up a pen and paper at work and I really love writing, whether yeah. that's writing a letter or writing... I love buying a card for a friend. You know, if you've got a friend that's mm. having a bit of a shit time, buy a card, write them a card. Mm. Nothing is better, is there? Oh, it's something very soothing as well about Very writing. soothing. So with the world we're in where everything is documented... Um, on social media mm. and people writing and WhatsApps and emails and texts, I thought, why don't we bring this back to basics? Because pregnancy is a normal thing that happens to a woman. Yeah. And I thought, let's just make it really lovely again. And, you know, you don't have to have, you don't have to be blogging your pregnancy. You don't even have to be on Instagram. You know, there's a whole world yeah. away from that. So that was the idea with the journal. I wanted it to look beautiful. So I used the same designer and illustrator that I used in my first book. Uh, they, the books look incredible. Yeah, she's absolutely amazing. And, um, yeah, she's she should be bigger and have more praise, but she's an absolutely amazing um, illustrator. And she just listened to everything I said. So I was like, no, I need more of this. And she'd go, okay, no less of that bit. <laughs> I was probably an absolute nightmare. No, no. But it was so wanted. important that this was like a keepsake for women mm. to then have. So it goes week by week, yeah. and every week um, there's a little bit from me, the midwife, talking about what might be happening, how you might be feeling. But this is the focus is on you as the woman, as mm. the pregnant mother. How are you feeling? How does your body look to you today? How's your relationship with your partner? Um, how much are you sleeping? Is there any food you're really into this mm. week? Or what are you worried about? And I really think these are questions that you don't necessarily get asked that much. And sometimes maybe you don't want to admit. Yeah. So write it down. No, it's it's a lovely way to track it. And again, I love the fact, listeners, you must go and pick this up. But <laughs> um, you can. There's room to slot in pictures. Yeah, and we wanted that. Add notes. So I liked the idea. And again, I was saying to you this to you before we started recording, of just this book getting bigger and bigger as the, as yeah. the pregnancy yeah, goes yeah. on. So that actually, when you come to look back at it, whether it's immediately afterwards or a year later or yeah. on their 18th birthday yeah. it's going to be jam packed exactly and that was the other aspect of it that when my editor and I were talking about it this is something that you can then look at with your child mm. or adult child mm. and say this is how I was feeling with you or they could read it you know imagine you're pregnant now and you write this for your daughter and then when she grows up and has a baby she can read it like that's it makes you feel so special I had the same crazy yeah same. I felt shit <laughs> So I love this because you. it could be easy to assume that you are a full-time Instagram sensation <laughs> and that, that is on your business cards, right? <laughs> but you're not. You trained as a midwife yeah. and you still work as a midwife. Yeah, still work. So I've, <laughs> I feel like that's like um, a bit like the decision a lottery winner makes. Oh, really? You know a lottery winner who's what? like, if I win the lottery, I, I will stay at work because I love it so much. Yeah. And the reality is they're not going to. Yeah. But I feel like with all this other stuff going on, yeah. the fact that you still work. Yeah. I wonder, you don't really hear that many good success stories of those massive lottery winners though, do you? Mm -mm. There's always like, they've lost all their money and they're now working in the local yeah. chippy. And they've had to drop the, the price of their house as they try to sell it because exactly. of the gaudy stuff they put yes, in the swimming pool. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I'm very, very um, proud of my profession. Mm. I went to university. I've always wanted to be a midwife since I was like a little girl. What, why? What, was there anything that you can ca capture that makes you think, or any memory that makes you think, well, this is how I know this. It was just always um, written that it would I be this way. I loved babies and played with dolls mm -hmm. as a child. And I just became really interested in pregnancy and birth, which is probably quite a weird thing. But I used to ask my mum loads of questions. My granny had been a nurse, um, and we knew a few people in our kind of friends and family circles um, that were nurses or doctors or midwives. So I was just constantly asking questions. Mm. Um, and I've always been like that. I've always wanted to know more. Yeah. Um, I remember watching things like Children's Hospital on TV, but I knew I didn't want to be a nurse. I didn't want to look after sick children. Mm. I wanted to do something 
different. And once I understood what a midwife was, I mean, mm. by the age of 10, I was fully committed that I was going to be a midwife. Really? Yes, really. I know, it's it's a weird one. That's not weird at all. I don't think it's weird at all. I just think it's really interesting that Aww. people's professions can be that embedded. Yeah. So early. So I went to university, um, did my A-levels, went to university and trained to be a midwife. And, and at no point during this did you think, oh, I don't know if this is for me. Was it just, no, this is obvious? Yeah, it was like a calling, like, yeah. this is what I'm meant to do. And I love it. I love it every single day. You know, every time I'm in my, my scrubs and my crocs, <laughs> you know, when I'm a midwife and being a midwife and going for it, I just, I love it. And I will never give that up. And I think a lot of people, you know, could easily pass judgment and be like, oh, well, she, you know she can give that up now and mm. she's got all this but midwifery is my norm it's mm. it's it's the me it's the old me mm. you know instagram's not going to be here forever no. <laughs> i mean you know i keep i keep saying this to people like if instagram went tomorrow we'd all be all right <laughs> like, <laughs> we really would we would be fine like we're going to be all right mm. and you know i'm probably more aware of that because I've got almost weirdly these two lives but when I'm at work I'm in total work mode there is nothing else I'm 100% committed to my women to my patients you know I love it so I think it's one of the most right I'm gonna I'm glad that you mentioned baby shower you would have seen me write it down with a question mark because you mentioned that you were superstitious so it plays well to the fact that I'm about to ask a question oh yeah about the moon Oh, yes. I'm f- yes, 100% we have more babies than full oh, moons. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me I was an idiot because no. I go around telling people with quite intense authority that that is accurate. Yeah. That midwives will tell you more babies are born on a full moon. And also, if you speak to anyone that works in A&E they, or the police force, they always say there are like more arrests around that time, people behaving oddly. When I worked in the community, I worked in a team when we looked after... There were six midwives and we looked after about 20 women a month who had um, babies and we'd look after them for the whole pregnancy and be on call for their births, mm. home births and hospital. And we had a moon, like a lunar calendar yeah. and we used to plot and there was a definite rise. Not really? every month, but more so than others when the moon... Does anyone ever come in and said, come on guys, I need to swap shifts, I've done the last four full moons? <laughs> no? Uh, <laughs> I've no. Got, don't, don't ruin the reality, I kind of want <laughs> But I like the fact that... Um, that's true, and I haven't made it up. But you talk about being superstitious about baby showers. Yeah. Do you feel like, just as a side note, yeah. people have become a little less embracing of the baby shower in recent years? I don't know. I mean, my friends are just now having babies. I'm 33, mm. so they're now having babies. At last! I'm so excited. <laughs> so my school friends, so my age friends. Yeah. Um, everything we've done so far to celebrate that has been like a lunch Mm. Um, but I've been to baby showers when they've had full on gift lists oh really I mean I just don't go for the gift list (laughs) here's some stationery yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) here's my book (laughs) I don't think there's anything wrong with that in the slightest so how long does it take to train to become a midwife three years three a degree and I'm always interested as well by the connection that you must have with hundreds if not thousands of women now because that's a really intense and unique experience being yeah. in the room when someone's giving birth. Yeah. Do you I remember know. the first one? Yes, I do. I remember the first one and I remember thinking it's never going to come out of that. Like okay, <laughs> how is it ever going to fit? <laughs> like how this isn't possible. Mm. Do you know I remember the first um pregnant bump I saw and had to learn to like palpate which is when you like feel the bump. And I thought, where's her belly button? Because some women, when they're pregnant, when your bump grows, your belly button just flattens, Mm -hmm. completely flattens. And I was like, where's her belly button? Like, why can't... Like, I was only 18. I probably didn't know. it was a prop bump? Well, I just was like, where's her... I didn't even know where your cervix was at 18. I really didn't. I was just like... Who does? I mean, who does? You know where yours is? I've got a a fair idea. Somewhere out there. I could Uber it. But... But I've um, I've looked after women in labour and pregnancy who've needed like a catheter in labour, and um, for whatever reasons, like if you have an epidural, you need a catheter. And one woman said to me, "Well, how am I going to push the baby out with the catheter in?" And I was like, "Well, it's not in your vagina; it's in your urethra." Mm. And she had no idea. Oh. So you know, maybe I wasn't so naive at eighteen. No, I also think there's still a lot of 
taboo around all that stuff. What, vaginas? Yeah, I still think that, and this doesn't really work well on podcasts, but some people might go, vagina. 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 Or funny. Let's call it a funny. Whatever feels right. Vulva. Oh, now that does get me a little bit. Emma looks a bit sick. <laughs> you look like you're going to pee. Vulva, I don't know why vulva does get me. Vulva, moist and panties are three of my non-words. Clammy. Clammy. What's worse, moist or clammy? Moist, 100%. 100%. I don't mind clammy. I feel like that's a physical thing that's happening. I'm clammy today. It's because the scenes are changing, but moist, there's just never a good way in It's which... a bit like top lip sweat, isn't it? Like, oh. Um, <laughs> top lip moustache. It's just so easy for men, isn't it? It's like Willy. Willy's great. Willy balls. Yeah, Willy and balls, or, you know, women, it's different, isn't it? But we say fanny and vagina mm. at home, like, not just shout it out like we. <laughs> As in, like, when I'm, having, when I'm talking to the girls, yeah. you know, if they're having a bath, make sure you wash your vagina or your fanny. Mm. Yeah. Mm, I mean, it's just... It's only a part of our body. I know, but it just... We it, have to break these taboos. I do... I 100% agree with you. And do you think that you've noticed a change since you've been... As well as having your your ladies, mm-hmm. you obviously have followers who I'm yeah. guessing uh, interact with you. And yeah. do you feel like... The vo- you've noticed a very change in vocabulary or a change in comfort levels around those sorts of words? I think people are better at talking about things that, I mean, definitely like if you think of our mother's generation or our grandmother's mm. generation, mm. I think my grandmother, would, she's still alive, she's 95, she'd probably be horrified that I'd done a post <laughs> about tenor ladies and pelvic floors. You know, those things, we just don't talk about those mm. things. But with anything, you have to talk about things for it to become less of a taboo mm. you know pelvic floors bladder weaknesses um sex issues postnatal depression anxiety we have to talk about these mm. things um yeah do you think um when you start with your ladies and it's like right so what's the process i've never had a baby so talk me yeah. through it and also for the listeners who really yeah. haven't had children um when do you meet your midwife so for most women, they would meet a midwife between 9 and 11 weeks, and that's called your booking an appointment. Mm-hmm. So you'd meet a midwife, you'd have loads of blood down, you kind of answer like the biggest health questionnaire of your life. <laughs> um, and then you see, not necessarily the same midwife, but you see a midwife um, about every four weeks through your pregnancy, and then towards the end, it's about every two weeks. Okay. Um, and then, so for me, I work on the labour ward now. So I see women who are coming in <clears throat> in labour, so at full term, mostly. Wowzers. Yeah. You, I would imagine, after all these years, yeah. you have you are brilliant in, a, in an emergency. Do you know, I had a student on Monday, and um, I love having students. I, think it's, <laughs> I just love having them, because they really ask you everything. And it's really good, I think, to stop. And when you do something... <clears throat> Okay. Yeah, you just do it, and you know you you just do it, and you understand why you're doing it. But if you had to stop and explain why you're doing it, you know it takes it takes time. Have you ever tried doing that when you're driving? Or explain it? Explaining what you're doing. Mm, not since I've learned to drive. No, no. Well, it's probably the, it same, the thing. same thing. Yeah. yeah. So your constant. Yeah. Probably your brain is going crazy. Mm. Um, and we had a sort of semi-emergency. Everything's fine. Probably not an emergency to me, but to most people, <laughs> like. And my student afterwards was like, how do you stay so calm? <clears throat> how do you stay so calm in an emergency? I was like, was I calm? She's like, yeah. You literally were like, your voice didn't even change. You just got a little bit sterner and you <laughs> needed things done quicker. And it's funny because at home, when all hell is breaking out, I lose it. I'm like, ah, shouting, like, oh my God, what's going on? At work, I can just go into a completely different mode. Wow. Yeah. Home, not a chance. Is that because you just know what you're doing or do you think it's because you know that if anything about you changes, you could panic the mum? Yeah. Or all of the above? Yeah. I had a card, like a thank you card written by a mum once and when her baby was born, her baby wasn't breathing properly and had to be resuscitated. The baby was absolutely fine. Um, Not a common thing, but something I've been involved in Mm. a few times. And she wrote in her card, your voice was the only voice I listened to during that emergency. And I always felt safe. And I was like, that's good. I mean, I was probably shitting it inside. Yeah. Thinking as I was resuscitating her baby. I mean, I I would have definitely been shitting it thinking... But I just had to go into autopilot and remember my resuscitation skills, remember what I was doing... Mm. 
And I just kept reassuring her and telling her exactly what we were doing. Wow. That, I mean, that is like keeping calm in yeah. the middle of... But I guess it's a skill that you learn, you know, if you think about paramedics or like, you know, the air ambulance and all mm. the police force that attend, you know, really serious instances, you just, yeah. Yeah. So you said when you first saw a birth and you first saw a vagina, you're like, it's not going to fit. I was like, how's that going to come out of that? Just to confirm to listeners who might be thinking, oh, ek, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, it just came, it came out. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, that was fine. Is it a... Um, it feels like whenever I've seen it on TV, so not real, because I can't watch Unborn every minute. No, I don't watch that. Do you not? No. I, I don't necessarily need to see what I do at work all day. I know, yeah. It's quite... It's great if people enjoy it, but it's also really edited, and I think people forget that sometimes. Yeah, it's a it's a version of reality TV that looks quite... Yeah, I know women do watch it. I try and encourage them not to. Do you? Yeah. I love Call the Midwife. That's my... I just love it. That's how you enjoy Season it. Season 8 is just finished. They finished on Sunday. I haven't watched a You've... moment of oh, it. Oh, gosh. So, we yeah. must... So, midwifery, yeah. cracking on with that. Yeah. And then one day you thought, just write a little blog. Yeah, just bash that out. So I was on maternity leave after my second daughter was born and um, a friend of mine who was a neighbour, who was a journalist, started a food blog with her sister and they were mums and they wanted to do um, quick and easy um, cooking for kids, basically, yeah. when you've got nothing in the cupboard type thing, when you're back from work. And um, She'd been to like a few like blog seminars, um Oh, I'd love to go to one of those. I know. And the word blog was really weird. <laughs> it, I mean, it is a weird it's word. Vlog got me. Blog oh. is awful. But vlog. vlog. Vid- yeah. Vlogging, blogging. It's like They're influencer. funny words. Not keen. Don't Are like. you really not? No, I don't really like it. I don't like being I think an that- influencer. No, I had Robin James on from Man for Himself and he said, and Caroline said this, doesn't sit well with them because it's like we're a gun for hire. Exactly. I don't want to just be like wheeled in to influence. I'd rather inspire or mm-hmm. educate or start conversations. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. But yeah, some people are just like, yeah, well, I guess I guess that's what I do. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I started writing a blog about midwifery and I was a mother and I was on maternity leave. So my mothering came into it as mm. well. You know, I'm not just the midwife. I've got many many hats um started writing that and over sort of course of maybe two or three years it generated popularity i had a few posts that went viral um oh now what does that feel oh, like um well you suddenly realize it's not just your mum reading <laughs> you know i just used to share and in on facebook i wasn't even using instagram for that I just used Instagram to take a photo and use like a trendy filter, so it looked like a Polaroid, <laughs> which I think everyone back in back in the day. 2012 were doing. Yeah, um, it was a very different place back then. Oh, oh, completely. I mean, bonkers. And you hit it at the right time, and I say hit it at the right time from the perspective of if you want to kind of build build the audience and have yeah. the kind of stuff now, but. When you were sharing your mothering and your more personal yeah. stuff, like how were you able to do that quite easily? Anything that was personal and heartfelt, yes, because mm-hmm. I always think it's like anything. If I'm told to write an article based on a piece of research, I'm like, oh my god. Mm. If I'm told to write an article about something that I've experienced, bash it out. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about this piece that I was writing for that magazine. Found it so easy yeah. to write, um, and also. I was doing midwifery, so it was easy to document that, but I'm always a mother, and it was Mm. easy to... I mean, it it wasn't, you know, it wasn't difficult, and I enjoyed it. I feel that... um, So I'm very honest on this podcast, the listeners will know that. I don't really hide a great deal. I just Mm. think, well, if I... What's the point of having this kind of output and then putting up a veneer that isn't real? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think I started writing in this honest approach about everything really about motherhood and midwifery and birth and everything that came with that and the more honest I wrote honestly I wrote Mm -hmm. the more interest it got and I I remember I wrote this blog piece called The Truth About Maternity Leave and I'd just gone back to work after my second maternity leave so I'd had two very different experiences of my maternity leave after daughter one and daughter two and it was kind of like you know the comparison and I said you know it was a long 
it was probably quite a long blog post for me and I said you know sometimes maternity leave is really boring <laughs> and you really crave your old life going to work and going for a wee on your own and having yeah. lunch breaks and not having to go to baby groups singing wind the bobbin up because that's motherhood like sometimes motherhood is really lonely and boring and shit and then sometimes it's really amazing mm. five minutes later yeah and it was kind of like a an O to women out there to say, look, it will be okay. You will get a bit of your life back and your mm. body won't always be demanded by this baby that needs feeding every hour and you're Googling how to get my baby sleep through the night. And it really, I think, resonated with other women out there mm. going, oh my God, yes, thank God someone else is admitting that. You know, it's not all rosy motherhood. It's, it's but, just not. <laughs> and there used to be a lot of shaming of if anybody admitted that, like, oh, they can't love their child then. You're or so ungrateful. Yeah. You know, I, I get it sometimes if I post something, not negative, but that isn't, oh, we had a lovely day in the park, you mm. know. This is what today was like. And women are like, oh, yeah, me too. There. <laughs> I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. But it's nice to be able to have put it out there. And yeah. then rather than people saying, you're, you must be doing it wrong, <laughs> People going, yes, exactly this. Yeah. Thank you. Was yeah. that the first bit that went viral? The blo- that blog post, yeah. And how did, in what sense did it go viral? Was it the response? I'd have or did to look at my, the stats. I'd have to go back and look. It was how many times it got read and shared. Oh, okay. So blogs still, and I think probably now the sharing on Facebook is just, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Instagram, it was just like another little thing on yeah. the side. It wasn't. Well, it lived in its own little bubble. It yeah. was before you could swipe up. Can't and, do anything. Couldn't tag brands. Yeah. Couldn't. There was nothing. Whereas now it's becoming a bit more. But yeah, back in the day, it was really about. Yeah. Here's a nice picture. Yeah, Thanks. I'm just gonna filter it with my like trendy filter. So at what point? So then it begins to grow. You're still midwifing, if that's a word. Mm. <laughs> um, and but you're building up this audience yeah. at the same time. Like that. Yeah. I mean. As somebody who puts out digital content as well as having jobs and work that I do, yeah, it's it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. But mine all sits in the same industry, whereas you're doing two completely different things in yeah. many ways. I've had no background in anything like this. Mm-hmm. My background is midwifery, so while I was writing my blog, I didn't really know where it was going or mm. that people were. I didn't know an editor at Penguin Random House was reading it. You know, that's the thing when you're writing. You have no idea who your audience really yeah, is. Yeah. Um, good and bad. And, you know, I didn't have a strategy. I didn't write a blog to write a book. I never, ever in my wildest dreams thought anyone would be <laughs> interested in me writing a book. You know, it was just an outlet to mm-hmm. write. And I just enjoyed writing. So when a pu- my publisher said emailed me and said look would you like to come for a meeting we'd like to talk about doing a book I was like I think they've got the wrong person (laughs) I mean not me I'm just Mm. I'm just a midwife you know there's millions of midwives out there but I guess no one else was using their voice in the same way so when I had a meeting with the publishers um they sort of proposed this idea to me and I said no I don't want to do it really yeah really I'm gonna sneeze Blessing. Oh, you sneeze so, like such a lady. I was trying to. If I was at home, I would have gone a full sneeze. Or... I can shatter glass with my sneezes. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh no. And I was really scared. And I just didn't know if I want to put myself out there and put myself through that. Mm. And then a year went past, and I was doing a few more contributions for like Mother and Baby magazine. Um, Boots parenting, things like that. Mm. And I thought, well, maybe there is something in this. Maybe, maybe I should do it. And I think it was Simon that was like, for God's sake. And then he was like, if you don't write that book, the first book, someone else will. And I was like, oh. So I went back with a different idea with them. And they were like, yeah, do it. That's very interesting. I remember when Sally Hughes came on the show. I oh, love her. I asked her about her two books. And it was when she was publishing Pretty Iconic. And I asked her about Pretty Honest. And she said, if you have an idea for a book, do it because how would you feel if someone else did? I know, I know. And as a motivator, that yeah. is there's nothing like it. I know. And that it what it was, yeah. Simon going. I think he was so bored of me going, What do you think? Shall I do it? And he was just like, For God's sake, can we just do it? But the thing is, is when and I had an interesting uh post in the Facebook group that I have for this podcast about um decisions. 
and it ended up turning into quite a long comment thread about how even though many of the women in the group are self-employed, um, yeah. are making their own living, when it comes to making big decisions, there's still almost like this reflex to sort mm. of get permission. Yeah, yeah. I felt like someone else should have been saying... Yeah. And, you know, I had a team at Penguin Random House going, like, we've got budget to do this book with you. Like, we've taken it to um, acquisitions and they all sit around. And I was like, well, really? They really mm. want me to write a book? They're like, yeah, men and women in our office love your blog. I was like, okay. I love when you were just talking about the blog then and when you uh, were on maternity leave, you wanted to write and just get things out there and it yeah. made you feel really good. That's what you've given people a physical thing to do. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Full circle. Physical blog. Good spot. That's what Just work is. that out. There we go. Join the dot. Should have got you to do a little forward. Next time. All right, I'll get Next you Next one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how do you write a book and still be working as a midwife? So my first book I wrote, um, I was mainly pregnant with the twins and then on maternity leave. Mm-hmm. So I just wrote, you just write when you can. Mm. You don't have any more hours than anyone else, apart from Beyonce. Doesn't she get more hours in the day? I don't know whether she gets more hours or whether she gets other people's hours too. <laughs> <laughs> she just accrues other people's oh, hours. Oh, yeah, someone did send me a mug once that said, um, you have exactly the same amount of hours as Beyonce and I do believe that but she also has a team who yeah. also all have 24 hours so it's like 24 to the power of Beyonce plus team that's true I have exactly the same amount of hours as everyone else you just do how do you find we just do as humans you carve time mm. out evenings I only had two children then that sounds so ridiculous now but I only had two children you know they were eight and five when I was writing, you know, they went to bed. So I just wrote in the evenings and then had the twins and then wrote after the twins were born, which mm. is mental. I know a lot of listeners either want to or are starting their own projects or their own yeah. side hustles. Yeah. Would you describe what, Would you describe any of your stuff as a side hustle? Never How heard you... of that before in my life. Sort of the full-time job, then you've got the side hustle that you'd eventually like to make your main thing. Uh, I think it's nice just having them both at the same yeah. level, just going along at the same time because I don't want one to become more consuming or more important than the other Mm. that's really interesting and with the with the side hustle element it's of people saying I just don't have the time I don't have the this I don't have that and it's like if you don't have the time or you can't get to it it's not your thing yeah yeah and, and you've got like to ha- it's, you've got to have passion in everything Mm. well not in everything you've got to have (laughs) passion in everything that you're making that time for Mm. You know, when you do something, you're like, oh, that's an hour of my life. I've just, <laughs> I'm never going to get back. But also you have to make mistakes as well. Mm. And I was talking about this on um, a Instagram Live I did with my friend talking about sort of balance and motherhood and being mm. a woman. And I do think there is no such thing as balance. For me, I think balance is bullshit because when you're, you can't <laughs> see this, but Emma can see it. When you're doing well at work, for mm-hmm. me, family life is suffering because yeah. if I'm doing well at work, I'm not so present in my family, mm. my children's lives. When I'm really present and really engaging with my kids and doing loads, I've missed 25 emails. Yeah. When I used to do bump shoots and baby shoots yeah. for a big magazine, it used to kill me inside to have to ask the question, that we would have to ask, which was, how do you find balance? How do you balance motherhood and being a celebrity, whatever that might have been? And I used to see the just dread, knowing oh, no. that that question was on the way in people's eyes, but knowing they had to address it. it. Cause, because I think people Want wanted to know. to know. Like, What was it, the answer? The answer was usually a bit wishy-washy, because there is no answer, is there? There is actually no answer to how do you balance motherhood and work. It's just like, well, one day it's it works really well, another day it's absolutely nonsense. Exactly. There is no such thing as balance yeah. then. Yeah, so you're correct. Hashtag balance is bullshit. You can have that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you feel like... Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Being more open about all of these things, whether it's actually the birthing process and motherhood and maternity yeah. and all that kind of stuff actually it's kind of demystifying it and when people are having a crappy time they can mm. go that's okay actually I've had yeah. a shit day it doesn't mean I'm a bad mum that's okay really good advice write that day off mm. put it away go to bed tomorrow is another day I yeah. mean those old like you know things that your granny or your mum would say it's so true though isn't it mm. you can't I mean, we do, naturally, but you can't really dwell on all the shit days. No. You're just like, it was shit, I've learnt from it. Not in the slightest. And do you feel as though, potentially, and again, this is coming from a childless perspective, Mm. that sometimes there's also that... So you've got people not wanting to acknowledge how a bad day down here. We're using a lot of hand gestures. Yeah, I know. And then maybe if women have a really really good day mm. they don't want to crow about that either so they're sort of yeah do you see what I mean yeah 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 because then it's like showing off yeah no I think you should celebrate it all <laughs> I do um you know I've done posts in the past where I'm like we had a really great day today everyone got on really well there was no bang we actually successfully managed to have a fairly decent lunch out mm. But don't look under the table because there's food all over the table. <laughs> but that's it. Again, balance is bullshit. There's no such thing. I think you just have to, if you're an Instagrammer and you're Instagramming motherhood, you just put out there what what's you're real. feeling and what's happening because yeah. there's nothing more honest. Yeah. What do you... I was about to say, how do you feel about the mummy blogger explosion? Just because it is definitely a moment. Yeah. And there are lots of voices... I can think it's only a good thing. Yeah, it's great. And is it, you must have your friends at work, as in midwifery work. Yeah. But you must have, like, well, I know you have a lovely community of buddies that yeah. you online as well. Yeah. Like, what was, how has all that sort of formed and you embraced all of the other people kind of with a similar voice? I think it was a bit like a kind of online antenatal class in a way, <laughs> but for after you've had your baby. Mm. Um and I think, you know, when we, a lot of those women, though, are my friends in real life. Mm. So you know quite a few of them. Mm. Um, you know, we started getting invited to the same events and lots of us lived in the same area, South East London. Mm. I was actually, I've been a midwife for two of them, three of them maybe, three now, one's gone, she's moved. But um, anyway, um, and these were women that we don't really hang out with our kids together. Mm. That was the difference. So we all have this connection of motherhood. We all appreciate each other, understand each other. None of us actually work in the same world or previous world, but we've got this great friendship. Mm. We just get it. We've got a WhatsApp group. There's 12 (laughs) of us on this WhatsApp group and it's amazing. And at any time in the day, any of us will just be like, okay, uh, so my cat's just been sick on the carpet and... Uh, nursery's cool because so-and-so has got chicken pox and I've got a client he's basically emailing me like a nightmare because I haven't done any work help mm. and then everyone chips in and gives each other advice and then we've got this online community on Instagram which mm. is amazing I've got friends who I've never met but I would still call them my friends I 100% agree when people that. are like are they really your friends I'm like yeah you know we, we've got each other's back you yeah. know I will engage with them and they'll engage with me and then yeah my midwifery colleagues <laughs> who I don't think many of them are on Instagram the, the women I work with and that's really nice because we don't Instagram isn't my work mm. that's why I like to yeah. separate um when you are midwifing mm. and now you're you turn up <laughs> you turn up um when yeah. someone is in labor yeah um what if they know you from Instagram and it's suddenly a surprise that Oh my god, it's coming off, off my feed. Uh, Have you ever had that situation? Yeah, okay. it's happen. It is happening. <laughs> um, I try and just be a bit like, oh, Did you put your mask on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult, isn't it? Mm. Because in one sense, I don't want to be Instagram at work. Mm. I just am me. But then, if they've read my book and mm. bought my book, I had a woman who had it in her hospital bag. <gasps> 
That must have been a moment for you. That moment was like, okay, this is amazing. This is what all that work with the blog mm. and all my writing has kind of been for. And it's the emails and messages I get from women that said, I was so terrified when I got pregnant and I was given loads of books and yours was the only one that spoke to me. It's that that makes all of this worth it. Mm. I am reading Grace Timothy's book at the oh, moment. Oh, so good. I read it really, I read it quickly. Not because it's, not because I, <laughs> just because it's so good. I read it, but actually I might read it again. I do like reading books I'm twice. only, I love that you can read it, but we were talking about Dolly Alderton. Yes. Because you read it twice. Oh, Dolly. I watch films over and over again, but I cannot go back to a book except in Cold Blood. Do you know what's quite good if you read the book in a different place? You know when you take a book on holiday? Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes I find like a commuting book. So when I'm reading on the train, you can you absorb the context differently when you're in a different place. Do oh now that makes sense yeah. actually. No, I, I like reading that. really dark, like thrillers, on holiday. And I said this to my friend once, Grace, and she was like, "That's really messed up." And I was like, "No, I like that juxtaposition because <laughs> you're like." By the pool, you know, sunning Water's it. lapping. And there's like a mud. I just think that's so... Actually... Rather than a love, a novel of romance. Now you say that. Oh, no, I can't be doing that. No. Now you say that. I read some... Have you read Mo Hader? No. Ooh. Oh. I'm going away soon. I need to... Mo Hader. I think the first one's called The Birdman or oh. Birdman. Oh. I read that when I was on holiday in the Maldives. Oh. And it was game-changing. Yeah. Did it stay with you so through the whole holiday? Good. The whole holiday. Yeah. And when you finish it, you're and like, since. now what? And then when you're with oh, somebody, you want to talk about it. I'm always like, I, can I talk about the book I've been reading? There's nothing more boring than hearing someone else's book, is there? No, but luckily I was with a friend and we did used to read the same book at the same time on holiday. Perfect. So we just have, we literally the evening would be sundowners and book club. Amazing. God, I'm just making myself sound really Oh my God. <laughs> Last summer we went on a family holiday and Simon doesn't read on holiday. He doesn't like sunbathing. He wants to get up and do stuff with the kids and playing and stuff. And I was like, sure. Okay. <laughs> um, even when they were going off to their little, like, kids clubs, because we'd put them in for some mornings to go t- so him and I could relax. Yeah. Mm-mm. Anyway, he, I read a book, which I was obsessed with, um, called The Girl Before, I think. Girl Before. Yes. It's the f- they've bought the film rights for it, which I'm super excited about. Anyway, read it, loved it. Who, who should it. play it? Who should play the lead? Ah, I don't know. Um, oh, I'm not very good with those. When people are like, I'm, who should play you? I'm like, I'm not very good with that. Because I've started reading books and now I almost like Hollywoodize them um, in my head. I'm not very good with actresses. I'll think about it. And then anyway, so then Simon read the book. Mm. So I was like, brilliant. He read it really quickly. And then afterwards I was like... Let's discuss the book. He was like, yeah, it was quite good. I was like, can we discuss the plot then? What about that character? And he was like, oh. like, he just doesn't want to do it. And if we go to the cinema together to watch a film, he won't discuss it with me. Oh, goodness me. He's, it really annoys me. We went to see um, three billboard, billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. We never go to the cinema. Mm. And a friend of mine said, I'm coming to babysit because you need to go out. Yeah. What do you want to do? I was like, oh, I really want to go to cinema. Obviously, Oscar season. I went and saw the film, loved it, but there was so much to discuss afterwards in the car. I was like, yeah, but what about this bit? And he was like, oh, just, can we just go home now? That was a good film. Yeah, give it eight out of ten. That's good. <laughs> Don't ever hire him as a film critic. Next time I'll go to my mum. She's a better one for that. Yeah. You need to find your film and your book buddies. I might go to cinema on my own. Do you, have you ever been to cinema on your own? It's one of my favourite things <gasps> to do. Is it? I probably go to the cinema, I would say on average once a fortnight by myself I'm going to start doing it it's and I used I use it well, for various reasons A I love film yeah but also it allows me to switch off I've got a very busy brain you can't look at your phone I can't look at my phone I'm very very big on the whole code of conduct in the cinema when you see the lights no on phone it. no crunchy I'm sorry but popcorn should be banned from cinemas no. I don't eat in the cinema um, and I just I love it and also um, it means that I can't think about anything else and I remember when my mum wasn't very well, I went to go and see Breaking Dawn Part 2. Ooh. The day it came out on a Friday night, it was the first showing in my local cinema over in Wandsworth when I lived down there. And I just, I was like, I can't, my head is too full of all the like things that we're going through. I sat in the front row, watched it. And at the end when they had the credits on, when they sort of did the goodbye to everybody, I just cried. Crying. And it was, it was a little bit about the film. Yeah. But, but it was just, really. it was about, I love Your movies. Mom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I really want to see Ladybird. Have you seen it? Not yet. 
Desperate. I'm going to go on my own. Go on your own. And then we'll start a WhatsApp chat. I'll see it. We can talk yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, I'll be your film buddy. Oh, I've got a book that I'm lining up for my holiday. Lullaby. Who's Lullaby? Right. Tough question. No, I got sent it by... But it's... I heard... And then they... Dolly Alderton and Pandora Sykes reviewed it on the High Low on their podcast. Oh, if Obsessed. they read it and they gave it a... Th- yeah, I'm reading it too. <laughs> but the reason I mentioned books and Grace yes. Timothy is because she talked about the fact that she was given books like what to expect when you're expecting and all that blah, 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 um, and sort of ignored them for a while mm-hmm. until she reached her oh, listeners I'll let you read her book to find out what <laughs> tipped her over the edge to read the book but how interesting that there are all these books out there and even someone like Grace who's pregnant just would think no it's not for me yeah and yet you've kind of cut through the bullshit and oh, I like that yeah and uh, no you can have that <laughs> and have created a voice yeah that gives women comfort yeah Well, I just, as a pregnant midwife, you don't read books when you're Mm. pregnant. You don't need to. And you got all your colleagues telling you everything. Mm. (laughs) It's too much. But then when my friends started having babies, they're like, oh, what book shall I buy? And then I couldn't really find one, which I felt was not good enough because that... Told it. Yeah. And they weren't all written by midwives. You know, there's been, like, celebrities that have written books. How do you feel about that? I admire anyone that's written a book. Mm. Having written two, there is so much heartache and that goes into a book. It's really hard work mm. to write a book. So I respect anyone that's written a book. But for me, if I wasn't a midwife, I want a book written by a midwife. Mm. I Good don't... point, well made. That's how I feel. Who knows it better? Antenatal classes, I feel, have to be taught by midwives. And a lot aren't. I wouldn't know. Are they not? Nope. Oh. Interesting. Mm. For me, it has, I've got a group of midwives who I work with, and they set up private antenatal classes in the area where I practice um, because they thought this is wrong that there aren't midwives teaching antenatal classes. See, again brand new information brand new information making it happen all for the greater good of kind yeah. of demystifying not demystifying but I do as, again I think this is the third time I'm saying it I've not had children but I <laughs> have, do Emma have you no. you're not going to believe this no way never had a baby never um, but I do have when I think about it it's something mm. that I think god that's really terrifying mm. and the only thing I can come up with when my friends are pregnant because I as I've gotten older, what happens when you don't have children mm. is for a while people feel a bit sorry for you and then you get to the point where your pregnant friends are like, you know, once I've had the baby, we're going to go drinking. Yeah, yeah. So you're their drinking yeah. buddy. So I'm the like drinking fun buddy. Like, yes. Like, we'll do swearing and, and drinking. Drink tequila so, and then they're knackered and do they yeah. just shape it to their baby all night? <laughs> no, actually, no. They like... Well, Switch off from it, it Some, But um, I do... I completely lost my train of thought because I thought about being um, the fun friend. Which is a nice thing to oh, do. Are you like a godmother to lost their children? No. No? <laughs> You're more the drinking buddy. I'm the drinking buddy. I'm the um, keeping it real buddy. Love that. So I get a lot you of You can the... bring them back to earth. Yeah. Will you ever tell? Will you ever call them out like, you talk about your baby way too much on Facebook? No. <laughs> oh. No. You've I, changed. I don't believe that you should criticise anyone else's output on social. If you don't like it, don't follow it. Ooh, good one. I don't, because there are people who are going to, who who know me, who will think, oh, God, do you have to go on about your thinning hair again? Or, yes, we know that you go grow About your what? Thinning, thinning hair. hair. Or, they'll look at my content and think, oh, for Christ's sake, shut up. And I'm like, well, that's, that's me. So if yeah. you don't like it, don't follow it. Yeah. It's not my problem how you interpret it. Yeah. It's, it's Gina Liano from The Real Housewives of Melbourne. Says, oh, my God, I've never watched that. I don't I've also never done an Australian accent on a podcast before, so I'll never do that again. <laughs> but her tagline is something like, I stand by what I say, just not how you interpret it. <gasps> wow, that is such a good accent as well, Emma. No, I've perfected from years of watching reality TV. Well, neighbours, obviously. <laughs> but what I was going to say was the only advice I ever have for my friends who are pregnant and about, about to give birth is... Read Clemmy's book? Yes. <laughs> but before you were in my life... Yeah. I used to say... If Anne Boleyn could do it. Yeah. And they only had like sawdust and straw and... I, it was this, very barbaric what they used to do though. I'm, But they still 
were alive afterwards. If Anne Boleyn can do it. That was all I could come up with. I <laughs> How many children was, did Anne Boleyn have? I don't know. She definitely, she had, let's not get into how poor my history is. I've got to see at GCSE. But what I'm trying to say is I just used, all I had in that moment when somebody very, when I was sort of in my early 20s, so yeah. I was pregnant, I'm like, oh, I'm a bit scared. And I was like, well, if, if they could do it in medieval times, yeah. then you can do it because you've got the NHS and yeah. gas and air and all that stuff. Have an epidural. Yeah, just do it. Um, do you think... I remember a friend of mine having a baby and when she went in to go and give birth, they said, have you got a birth plan? And she said, no, because I had one the first time and it, we didn't go anywhere near it. Yeah. How do you feel about birth plans and stuff like that? Do you think people should have them, have any expectations? Mm, I call them birth preferences. Because <laughs> I don't think you can plan your birth, can you? I think you can't plan nature. We No, you can't. You can't control what's going to happen. No. But it's how you cope with what is happening. So some women will say, I want an epidural. And I'm like, great. Mm-hmm. Ask for one. Have one. Whatever. I looked after a woman recently who wanted an epidural. And she was like, she was in loads of pain. She's like, I really want an epidural. But, I'm, you know, I won't look like I'm coping. And I just was like... Have an epidural. <laughs> it's your first baby. God, but you're making me want one. You're have, very good. Do you want one? <laughs> have you got one? In your yeah, mind? just rip it out. Have all this. Do you know what? There's enough. There's enough moments in your life as a mother when you will feel guilty. Mm. Mostly every day. That's what I've heard. Is you have a baby and you also have then a guilt. Oh, it's here we go. Here's your baby and out. here's the guilt. Yeah. All wrapped up in the same lovely white towel. Um, why feel guilty about needing pain relief? Judgy, judgy people. Well, who are you judging? Only judging yourself. That's awful. Precisely. I've definitely, I know friends who have worried about, I remember a friend put on something like Instagram or Twitter or whatever, picture of their baby in cot, young, yeah, swaddled, I think. Like a hospital cot. No, 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 once they were home. Yeah. But it was one of those, it was a, a photo of, Monitor, a monitor yeah oh the yeah temperature was on it yeah rinsed people going oh that temperature's too high and I remember her literally like <gasps> almost like having a panic oh, attack no. of, I'm being judged people think that I'm keeping my baby too hot and it's all awful judged all thinking, the time God, who has time to criticise someone for the temperature of their baby's room a lot of people <laughs> obviously <laughs> it's not worth it it's not worth it do you remember every single baby that you have ever been involved with no but I am quite good at remembering the story so I used to get stopped in the supermarket and they go you delivered our baby last year now obviously women look very different from birth to Mm -hmm. one year um and I would be honest and go oh did I tell like give me some more info and they'll go room so and so and you know the name doesn't always do it for me but there'll always be something in their story and I'll go oh my god I remember Mm. And then it comes back to me like, and then we did that, and then we talked about that, and then you had that, and oh, great. When your friends get pregnant, yeah, do you tend to turn into a coach? Do you tend? No, to I don't say anything. I wait for them to come to me. And have more and more of your friends said to you now, I need you I had my, my really good friend from uni and her husband came to stay at the weekend, and they're expecting their first baby. She's about halfway through. And I said to her, do you know, you've only asked me one question in the last how many weeks? 20 weeks and it was should she get the flu jab or something and um, I was like I was really impressed she was like I don't want to bombard you and I was like you won't bombard me but I was really impressed but she's just very um, not together that's the wrong word she's just very happy with her decisions Mm. just getting on with things but I've got friends who are super anxious I've had friends that have had miscarriages and I've sort of lived through that with them Mm. I'm bleeding on my weeks Clemmy what shall I do and that's hard oh dear really hard a couple of friends I've been through that with them and so god that's yeah you just have to put on the calm voice I just go okay so it could be this I never say don't worry it'll be fine I never say that Mm -hmm. because it might not be Mm -hmm. and in those cases it wasn't and I say okay I think to reassure yourself you should go and have a scan this is how you can go and get a scan at this time da 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 oh yeah I often know my friends are pregnant before anyone else because they're like I'm pregnant, I've suddenly forgotten, what should I do? Or, I'm pregnant, but I don't feel pregnant. You know, all those things. Well, have you ever done the thing where you've seen a friend and there's been something you thought, I think she might be pregnant? Yes. She doesn't know. 
Uh, no, but I've the friend that came to stay at the weekend back in December. We all had like an early Christmas dinner. This is all my friends from school and uni, school and uni. And I, she's been married three years, so it's probably really like when you can have a baby. <laughs> and I clocked uh, what she didn't eat and what she didn't drink. <laughs> and I was like, she's pregnant. But then you she know, just doesn't want to. Tell you got to wait. I would never go. Are you pregnant? <laughs> At my birthday party in December, my friend uh, came downstairs and she'd said to me on text the day before. I'm not feeling very well, so I won't stay very long. And I thought, well, it's Christmas, you know, people yeah. overindulging. And she walked into the room and I handed her a glass of Prosecco and she went, I'm pregnant! No, she just went, oh. And I went, congratulations! <laughs> <laughs> but, like, in my first book, I say, I actually think it's better if you don't say anything. Because mm. if you're, like, dry January or I'm on antibiotics or, you know, all the mm. things, just don't say anything. Just take the drink. If you're at a wedding and you don't want people to know you're pregnant, just take the champagne. You can mm. easily chuck it in a flower bed. But the more you, like, Agreed. make a thing of it, people are like, oh. Or, I'm driving mm. to a wedding. Really? Lucky husband. Doesn't make sense. Um, right, before we wrap up, yes. we're coming to the end of our time Aww. together. Um, and I've loved it. So fun. Um, shall we talk about, before we started recording, we were talking about Desert Island Discs. Oh, yeah. Which is one of my absolute favourites. I find it unbelievably relaxing and wonderful and wondrous. I love the way that those. And then it catches you out and you start sobbing on the train. Oh, the Joe Malone one. Joe Malone and Charles Sandberg. And there was a doctor on recently, and he'd. I now have to look at his name. And he'd been involved in the Soho bombings back in. You know the ones, you know when um, like a lot of the, the gay... Ni- the nail pub, bar, 99. Yeah, yeah, when the gay pubs were targeted. Yeah. Yeah, and so interesting podcast because you hear the break in their voice mm. and you're like, oh, I've lost connection. And then you hear the wobble and he was really moved by it. Anyway, I'm going to go saying. back and find that one. But Stranded on a Desert Island, oh, Clemmy. Oh, God. I won't ask you what music is because that obviously is a too soon. Franchise. Yeah, I need I need a whole day of planning. No, because I was saying, listeners, that I actually a few years ago sat down and wrote down my I the know, records I love that I that. would take. I love that. It's almost like writing down what you would have at your funeral. Oh, I haven't thought about that. Yeah, maybe I should do that too. There's a great Diana Ross song. It's, I think it's "Remember Me" or something, but it's like really wonderfully, uplifting. energetically uplifting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Desert Island. What would be your must-have beauty item? Oh, God. No talking. I'm just getting a little bit more into beauty. Is that because you follow Caroline Hyland? <laughs> it's because um, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I get sent quite a lot of beauty products. Mm. Um, so I'm more, um, you know, I can then try them out and see what's good. Did it start with a nipple cream? <laughs> the, uh, the deluge no, it definitely. Stuff. When I was pregnant, Grace Timothy sent me a load of bump um, products. Ah, I think it would just have to be a really good SPF. Right answer. Soz, that's so dull. No, it's not. With maybe a shimmer. Oh, a well, shimmery then you, one. Then you'd want to go oh. for the Ultra Sun. Oh, Ultra Sun have got the glimmer collection. In fact, you're going off on holiday soon. Yes, she took her sister up. They oh, have yes. a glimmer collection. Will you write down what I need. Of course, where yeah. you don't. Um, you don't look like Edward in Twilight when he goes in the sun. You just look <laughs> like you've been airbrushed oh. in a Versace campaign. Because I don't I'm wear makeup for. when I'm sunbathing. Who I actually find I wear so little makeup on holiday and I love that. You know when you pack your bronzer and the first day you're doing a bronzer, day three you're like, don't need that, babes. I know. I like I like no foundation. Like, it's like Fonzie. You know how Fonzie used to go to the mirror to go and do his hair and he'd be like, hey. Yeah. After two days on holiday, caught a bit of sun, you're like, Psh. Yeah, whatever. Maybe some lashes, that's it. Maybe a bit of mascara. Yeah. I would probably... St- oh, I don't know. That's one item. All right, I'll take... Yeah. All right. Go. Yeah. SPF. With a shimmer. With a shimmer. We'll okay. Hook a sister up with the ultra someone. What book would you take? Oh, gosh. Um, I guess I would have to be really confident with the book choice because there's nothing worse than starting a book and hating it. So mm. I'd probably go back to a book I've read. Because I know I, I'm going to love it. Mm. Um, I mean, Dolly I will... Alderton's. I know, you've talked through that I've twice I've read it already. twice. It is good. It's so good. She's I love an it. excellent writer. Um, or perhaps Plan B, Sheryl Sandberg. 
Yes. Oh, that's a good one. I do love an autobiography, oh. personal story. Really? I, Especially I, if you're on a desert island, you'd need that. It's socialising. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, right, well... Um, oh, was that it? Yes. Is that all you have to take? Well, no, it's just, it just occurred to me. I don't want to ask you what music, because that... <laughs> I mean, we've taught movies. I know what books. What else would you take to a desert island? What food would you take? Oh, well, I expect it's catered. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> a desert island with catering. Yeah. Perfect. That's, that's, what, I, that's what I'm going to say. And white, for white sunbeds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Cows. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Basically, I'm talking about Sandy <laughs> That's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. Um, <laughs> listeners, I think everybody should go and have a look at these books. Pregnant, not pregnant, children, no children. If they are so delightful to open, they Thank are. You. you just want to. When I got these, I was just like, "Oh, I quite that is a beautifully constructed nursery, isn't it?" That was the twins' bedroom in our old house. It's just everything about it just makes you think. Oh, I love it, and the stories in here and the anecdotes. I just feel like every question that I would have or every fear would be addressed in here. Aww. That would make me feel good. And then the new How to Grow a Baby journal. Mm. Honestly, this is such a... For me, I will give this as a gift to many, many people. Aww. I'll sign it for you. Oh, yes, please do. It's got my Strictly Embargoed sticker on. I have, to get, <laughs> I have to steam that off with the kettle later. Thank you so, so much Thank you, for Emma. being on the show. It's been such a delight to speak. Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in and also thank you to everybody who has been leaving reviews and ratings on iTunes and other streaming services. Um, if you want to follow me, just a reminder, I am at Emma Gums on Twitter and Instagram and if you want to join that closed Facebook group, the members of which I personally approve on a daily basis or at least try to, um, follow the link in the show notes and you can get involved. We've got a lovely lovely group of buddies all having good conversations about all sorts over there so why not come and join the fun thank you so much for listening and i will see you on the next one Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.